Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Cluco. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Uh, Where where do we pick up from? Hi, Uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. The Sinner and the Saint, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of men who do not exist. Luke Anderson, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, and men 25 to 54 with a median household income of $78,000 per year. Now, there is one exception to that. No one cares. Shh, watch your mouth. Will Darkens, a disappointing Oregon State fullback with a receding hairline, desperately trying to hold on to the past. Don't mind that I'm just kind of sitting there looking in his yeah. face. Yeah, exactly. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, powered by Frost Brewed Coors Light. A brilliant, imaginative, unrestrained exercise or display. I'm pleased that you're pleased. Get believe it. I'm pleased. On 1080, The Fan. All right, we did it. We made it to hour two this fine program uh if you missed any part of hour one um you didn't miss it you can go back uh go to 1080thefan.com that is uh what they call a website and find the on-demand button you can listen to hour one that's what the kids call it these days that's what they're calling it <clears throat> a couple really surprising things uh from hour one at least in my opinion and i've done this show uh a handful of times um first jeff rust if, if you guys are just joining us jeff rust is filling in for will darkens and Hi. i was i was convinced that you were going to be awful and you've been, I would say, slightly above average so far. Hey, I'll take that. Yeah, Only man. my wife felt the same way. Which, and you know what? It's like it's like when you watch a movie that's just okay. If you thought it was going to be great, it's awful. Right. But if you thought it was going to be terrible, it's pretty good. Yeah, there we go. So pretty good so far. Hey, I've been I've been very good throughout my life at setting the bar very very low. Well, listen, well done, sir. Well done. Here's the other thing, and if you've listened to this show with any regularity, uh, you know my disdain for the text messages that come through the the Bridgeport Beers text line from Sam the Mailman. I mean, they're 99% of the time, they're awful. And I've called him out for it, and I've, I've asked for better. Well, he's come through with what may be my favorite text of all time. The final story in Good Versus Evil was about uh, the president and his alleged relationship with a porn star, and Sam the Mailman says... How sad is it that I'm judging Stormy Daniels for being with the POTUS and not the other way around? That's fantastic. <laughs> and the best part no, is he sent it to us three times. Well, well he always does that because if he has a good one, he knows it. So it just comes through just again. really want to make sure you guys see this one. No, that's fantastic. So, Sam, well done. Well done. Uh, to take the rest of the day off. 
<laughs> that just, I mean, I was laughing out loud during the break because I was like, and the thing is, it's dead right. Oh, absolutely. When that you're like, how on. could a woman like that not have enough respect for herself to do better? Wait, what? We're all worried about the porn star. That's just not good. Um, hey, let's move on from that because uh, we probably should. The uh, We've already said that the AFC playoffs are awful this year. And we've talked about the, the Titans and the Patriots. The game tomorrow between Jacksonville and Pittsburgh is they're hanging on to this idea that Ben Roethlisberger threw five interceptions in their first meeting. And they lost, what, 30 to six? Sure. There's no way right. dude's thrown five interceptions. No. And that's that's – that's that's a guy that's rusty that probably doesn't take a single snap yeah. until the season starts. This is a week two loss, I believe. But is there any chance that we see anything that resembles what happened in that early game? I cannot see it. Not like that, no. Th I mean, this, this is a Pittsburgh team that has been to the playoffs. They've been to Super Bowls. You've got a ton of talent. Uh, now Antonio Brown, who we thought was going to miss, uh, was uh, going to miss the game, is now a game-time decision. Not saying that he'll play, but you've got Le'Veon Bell, who counter to what he was saying earlier in the week where he was more concerned about his contract than actually, you know, the divisional right playoff game. He's come out and said, no, the most important thing to me is winning a Super Bowl this team. I just want to make sure the organization knows that after this year, there's no guarantee. If you try to franchise me, I'm done. But he, the NFL is kind of weird because I think we get this idea that these teams are set in stone for as long as they're on a run. But at the end of an NFL season, you look around that locker room, those are not the same guys you're playing with next year. Ew. Now, the principals will still be there, the head coach, quarterback, a handful of guys are still going to be there. But there's a lot of change on a 53-man roster, Absolutely. and Le'Veon Bell's not afraid to be one of those changes, especially if Roethlisberger's decides to retire which it sounds like he may do uh especially if if they you know go into a little bit of a rebuild mode and have to bring in another quarterback Le'Veon Bell wants to make sure he secures his future otherwise he'll just walk away he even brought up retirement see now it's a tough thing though for a running back because is there a position in the NFL that seems to be as disposable as the running back <laughs> it, it, it seems like, you know, the Le'Veon last Bell, years. Le'Veon Bell, in his defense, I will say that he's more than a running back. He, he's he's also a guy that's getting six to 700 yards, you know, per per game uh, or per season mm -hmm. as a receiver as well. He's, uh, I can't remember what the stat was. I think Dirt and Sprague had it, but uh, something, something like the 62 games I think he's played. I'm going to paraphrase this, and I may butcher it. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think this is right. He's played 62 NFL games, and he he is the all-time leader in yards from scrimmage. Wow. Well, and I, think he, I think he knocked out Eric Dickerson. This is from memory. So if Dirt and Sprague are listening, they can check on it. So in 62, I mean, wait, 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 wait. He's played All 62 football games. Uh -huh. Out of every player that played 62 football games, okay, thank he you. has the most yards from scrimmage. Okay. I don't know where you find stats like that. Oh, well, yeah. Again, just what I heard. Right. So I'm going off of that. But du dude's dude's a, a great player. And mm -hmm. 
I will say to his credit, he came out and said that he's not doing this as much for himself because he's going, I have plenty of money. My family's good. I can walk away. Da, 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 da. He goes, I'm doing this for the next generation. And he called some guys out by name, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley and, and Ezekiel Elliott. When they go to sign up, you, you realize that $15 million seems like a big offer from the Steelers. Yeah. But he got paid 12.5 by the franchise tag. And mm-hmm. what the franchise uh, salary is based on is the top five players at that position. Yes. He goes, we're worth more than that. We're not disposable like you suggest with running backs. I Look, you can come out and say it's not for me. It's for the next guys, the, the next generation. That is is a fantastic PR spin and something his agent or somebody in his management probably told him to say. You're calling him a liar? Are you calling him a liar, Jeff? Say it. You say know, he's a liar. Look, I'm going to borrow a phrase from from one of my favorite, well, I won't say my favorite, from an old television personality, Judge Judy. Don't <laughs> pee on my shoes and tell me it's raining. Okay? <laughs> oh, okay. So. I was like, oh, Judge Judy quotes? That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Right? But so, I mean, sure, he can try to shine that up as if much as he wants. she tried to pee on her shoes, wouldn't it run down? Her- oh, no. Somebody else is peeing on her peeing shoes. Somebody else is peeing on her okay, shoes. Okay. okay. Sorry. Just. Try to figure that out with the robe and everything. <laughs> Got it. But, you know, I mean, you could try to sell us a bill of goods, but we still have to believe you. I don't believe for a second that he's doing this all out of the goodness of his heart for the, for the next generation of running backs and the guys that are coming behind him. Well, I, I wonder how much of it is, and, and maybe we'll see this more, if you realize what the NFL is going to do to your body and your, and your brain, pay me more. Well, yeah, no. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like a lot of people suggest that the idea is that the NFL is just going to stop having a pool of candidates. Kids are going to stop playing high school football, stop playing college football. We're not going to have anybody to fill the roster spots in the NFL. That I don't see happening. Yeah. But if you're a great player and you sign one big contract and you've made thirty million dollars, yeah. And you go, all right, I've had a good career. I've played for Super Bowl, but I've hit my goals or whatever. And now, I mean, this guy's 25 years old. Yeah. And you get to that point where you're 25 years old and now you go, I've made a lot of money. If I play for another five years, how much does that affect my knees, my back, my shoulders, and my brain? Mm-hmm. And maybe not in that order because hopefully it's your brain and then whatever. Right. But you go – Listen, I love this game. I love what I'm doing. I know I'm going to I'm going to kill myself playing this game. But if I get another 100 million dollars, you know what I mean? Like there's there's going to be that debate, that internal debate going, "Hey, not only am I setting myself up for a great life, I'm setting up my entire family. I mean, another hundred million dollars on a guy's, you know, uh, uh, net worth is is it's significant. It's kind of a lot. It is, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, you have to set a value where you go. All right, what's the? You make a pros and cons list. Look, I have I have no problem with him coming out and saying that. You know, you guys try to tag me again. I'm dancing on out of here. That's fine. The guy needs to go. You got to think of number one, right? But and and maybe it's a maybe it's a it's a it's a nice little cherry on top to try to say hey I want to set up these other guys behind me you know the the uh, the Leonard Fournettes and the other guys sure, that sure, he sure. mentioned by name but yeah to 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 just think of it as altruistically saying this isn't about me it's about the other guy no I mean <laughs> who's gonna say you know yeah because if it was really not about him needing a paycheck then then you know what's the next step. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Sign that, you know, if you get that next big check that you're, you know, he's going to be in the time where he might get a three-year deal, maybe. And that's still going to be, you know, anyway. Yeah. It, 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 it sets him up nicely. 
put your money where your mouth is if it's not about the money. Make a big, huge, nice contribution to a charity of your choice, whether it's, you know, like St. Jude's or a Dornbecker type thing, and make it a... Don't come around with a hundred thousand dollar gift. Yeah. If you sign yourself a a three year, say forty million dollar deal, go make a five million dollar donation to somewhere, and that helps show that it's not about just the money for you. Here's my biggest problem with what Le'Veon Bell's doing. He's making me root for the Jaguars. <laughs> it's just such a jerk move to right? do. No kidding. I mean, I'm trying to outline it in in the the best light I possibly can. But the truth is that it just makes these guys unlikable. The Steelers team, I've always hated Ben Roethlisberger. Always. Yeah, he's pretty easy to hate. And he looks a lot like my brother, which is giving my brother a bad name. Because <laughs> uh, I kind of like my brother. But yeah, no, now I have to, I find myself rooting for Jacksonville. And again, another AFC game where I look at it and you go, these guys have no shot. The good news is I think we have one great game this weekend. And I think that is going to be the Saints at Vikings, the home of the Super Bowl. This is where the Super Bowl is going to be played. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know what we're going to get from Case Keenum. Jeff Rust does, and he'll tell you exactly what we'll see from the former journeyman quarterback, now NFL superstar Case Keenum. And he'll tell you that next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. This is the Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. So normally when we set this show up, when Darkens is around, uh, I usually pick most of the music. Occasionally they come in with a suggestion. Well, you came in strong, Mr. Rust. You said if we're going to play one song, we're playing my walk-up song, <laughs> Baker Street. Yeah, somebody once asked me if I had, if I had a walk-up music, what would my walk-up music be? And I said the sax solo from Baker Street. Without a doubt. <laughs> I think do we, I mean, we might have my walk-up music next, so I'll save it. 55305, what's your walk-up music? What song? If you're, if, you're, if you're walking up to the plate in the World Series, two outs, bottom of the ninth, what music do you want playing over the loudspeaker? Assuming it's a home game. Right. They don't play walk-up music for road teams. Unless it's maybe like a, you know... The Imperial March from Star Wars or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, they'll play like bad music. Yeah, anyways, dun, dun, it's your, your walk-up music in whatever scenario. I actually got to, I did some stand-up, so I got to do, I got to pick my music for oh, that. There you go. Nice. Most of the time it was Loser by Beck, but my alternate one, I think we still have that queued up, so we'll play that. So send us yours, because that's always fun, 55305. You can tweet at us too, but Will usually takes care of that. I don't really, I'm not really, it's not that I'm not good with Okay, I'm not good with social media. I just don't care about social media. <laughs> yeah. Man, I think it's a pit of despair. <laughs> a lot of trolls out. No, it's not that. Not even that. Not I, just even don't, I just don't care to do it. It seems like a lot of work for not a lot of return. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the people that have big followings, it's like they're already famous. Yeah. And the people that have big followings because of their Twitter famous are yes. awful. <laughs> Or ridiculous. I'm and I'm probably, honestly, I'm probably both of those things. Yeah. But I'm also uninterested and lazy. Yeah. So see, the less people that follow me, the less people I can piss off by saying something stupid on the internet. Well, I think it was Coward that said it, which was uh, you can, you, you'll never get a job from Twitter, but you can lose a job from Twitter. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if I got really comfortable and just said what was on my mind, right. I imagine I would probably piss some people off. Yeah. I probably do that here already. So. <laughs> 
I think I have some restraint. I don't know. Yeah. Just to me, it's funny. Like I'll text Will something. Like we'll, we'll we'll talk about the show and then like go home on Saturday and we'll be watching college football and I'll make an observation and he and I will text back and forth because you know you I mean you sit here and you set up all the games and now you're in the middle of it. I'm sitting home. I I usually watch the game with uh, two one year olds because it's me and my my twins. Yep. And so we're sitting at home and they they're terrible to talk to during a football game. It's like. <laughs> It's like they don't even care. So, anyways, we'll go back and forth, and I'll te te text him something. He's like, "Dude, tweet that." And I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> I guess. That's, yeah, that's that's most of my Twitter feed is quotes yeah. that my five year old says. Well, and here's here's the other stupid thing about social media that that I've realized, and and maybe this will actually entice me to do it a little bit more often. But there's there's a lot of people that work here in the office in the promotions department, and you get people from like the other radio stations. So we're you know a, a cluster of radio stations here. So you walk around people in the building. I got I, this has happened at least three times. But I had one of the girls from promotions the other day stops me and she goes, "Hey Luke, I was looking at your Twitter feed the other day, and she goes, you have some really good funny stuff on there." And I was like, "Oh." Thank, thank you. And uh, I go, oh, did I go? Did you comment on it or like any of it or whatever? And she goes, well, no, because when I looked at it, I started going back, and then some of the stuff I liked was three weeks old, and I thought it'd be embarrassing if I liked something that was three weeks old, because then you knew that I would be looking at it. I'm like, you're telling me right now that you looked at what I had from three weeks ago, <laughs> which is only like eight tweets. Like if you go back to three yeah. weeks, well, she goes, yeah, but I thought it would, like people would think, and I'm like. I've had this conversation before where people go, I like what you do, but I don't like, there's a button where you can just push it and like it. But here's my theory is that young people don't like anything on Twitter or Facebook because they're afraid that their parents who like absolutely everything and have no regard for it. Right. will see that they like something. They'll have to talk to their parents. Yes. That's my theory. There you go. That's, That's just one. my theory. Solid. So now that I know that people are probably listening and paying attention, I may be, well, probably not, but I might do more stuff. We do have a couple. <laughs> oh, this is delightful. Uh, so Sam the Mailman in with another solid tweet. Thunderstruck by ACDC is his walk-up music. So for anybody locally that went to Mountain View High School in Vancouver, Washington, Thunderstruck was our walk-up music in high school. The band would play it uh, at football games. We played it at every basketball game uh, that we played. And so Thunderstruck always gets a, a nice a shiver up my spine. <laughs> Yakety sacks is bad. <laughs> uh, I don't know this one, but the Batman TV show's theme song. You'll have to uh, fill me in if that's the one from. <laughs> so that's the Adam West one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it is that one. Okay. Really? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. That one doesn't do any. I don't know. It's tricky. Run DMC. That's pretty solid. Tricky is good. Yeah. Um, the Stroke, a little Billy Squire. Solid. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac, The Chain. I don't know about that. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Well, and then we have here too. Baker Street is solid, but it's no careless whisper. <laughs> <laughs> the the Josh Reddick uh, careless whisper is pretty dynamite. I don't have to. Th I don't have to think if I'll do an alternate one, but mine mine will be coming up here in a little bit. What were we going to talk about here? I don't know. I think some football stuff. I don't know. Something probably like some football stuff. Um. Well, let's. Eh, eh. I'm trying to debate whether or not we have enough time to get into this. Ah, let's just do it. Screw it. Who cares? So, uh, Mark Helfrich. Do you know who Mark Helfrich is? I am aware of the existence of Mark Helfrich. So Mark Helfrich, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, is a kid from Coos Bay that made it big. Made it big time. <laughs> Played a quarterback little, at Southern Southern Oregon University. And then, uh, you know, he turned, he out of high school, he turned down an opportunity to walk on at the school that he admired most, University of Oregon. He went on to set passing records at Southern Oregon. Then he did make it to University of Oregon as the offensive coordinator, then turned head coach. 
Made it, it went to a national championship game. Yes. Then got kicked to the curb. Get out of here. Get out. The thing that surprised me about Mark Elfrich, very good on television last year. Yes. Very surprised. Because I talked to him in interviews and very nice guy. Yeah. But usually you got the best out of him. Like when we were talking, like, hey, all right, Mark, we're going to start because we like record him sometimes. Right. We'll do it in just a little bit. And he'd be very personal. And then you get on. He just, he did the coach speak, which. Exactly. Honestly, I think is probably a learned language, right? Yeah. Like you just watch it. And, but he was very controlled yeah. and measured Back and all that. The wall. There's no tomorrow. Yeah. Well, but he was, but he was great. But he was like, you know, you Got can't evaluate, you, you can't evaluate a recruiting class when they come out. You know, you have to see how these guys develop. And we really pride ourselves on taking care of the development of these players, and we want to make sure that they turn into the players that we hope they can be, not the players that they are now. And that's <laughs> like whatever. Like thanks, thanks, Mark. Thanks, thanks Mark. any coach ever. Yes. But I thought he's really candid. I thought he's really great on television last year, and I was kind of excited to see him reunite with Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. But then I realized this is a such a smart move for him to go to the NFL because now he's not beholden to the one thing that he did well, which was work with Chip Kelly. Yes. And. I think moving into the NFL, it's interesting because Matt Nagy is the offensive coordinator from Kansas City who took over the head coaching job in Chicago. He's hired Mark Helfrich, another offensive mind. The other suggestion that I'm seeing in the news is that Seattle may be leaning towards a more college-style offense. Now, the style of offense that they used this last season <clears throat> was no style at all. Yeah. And, yeah, and Daryl Bevel's been fired and Tom Cable's been fired and uh, the quarterback's coach was fired and it sounds like uh, Chris Richard is on the on the outs. But if you look at Helfrich getting hired in Chicago and the suggestion that Seattle may go more college style, this to me is super intriguing because what's the big criticism in recent years – Certainly of Seattle, but I think overall in the NFL, how difficult it has been for offensive linemen to transition from the college football ranks to the NFL because there's not as many pro-style offenses being played in college football, right? right? So wouldn't it then make sense that if you can turn your NFL offense into a at least a more – more similar version of what they're running in college and, and adapt it to the pros in a fashion. Now you have guys that can come in and kind of fit the system a little bit quicker. It's going to give you a big leg up. So to me, those two storylines, I think will be very intriguing. And Russell Wilson is a guy that has a unique skill set. Yes. And seeing what he can do. And Mitch Trubisky, I thought looked good in moments. And if you have a young quarterback and you implement a system early and we saw the, the, transformation from Jared Goff with a new coach. You get rid of an old school guy in Jeff Fisher. It's very similar to the transition you're seeing in Chicago. You get rid of an old school guy in in John Fox, who at one point last year had a game where they threw the ball seven times, which was either a record or tied the lowest, but all like the top of the sheet of the head coach for teams that threw the ball less than times, like 90% of them are John Fox. Yeah. Like like John Fox, if he didn't have to throw the ball, wouldn't. So now you bring in Helfrich, you bring in Nagy, and they have a young quarterback that looks like he's got a good, uh, at least promising future in the NFL. And you can put in a system that works for him. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with those two teams. Um, but it, at the same time, if you simplify your offense too much, isn't that what Chip Kelly did? Well, they kind of said all along that it's not a terribly difficult offense. It's just about the reads. You know, it's the same few plays over and over again. It's just about the reads. And it's pace. Yes. And it's pace. Yes. And exactly. Which is why, you know, you saw how many, you know, when, when, when that Ducks offense would stall and they'd go three and out, you know, and only burn 
40 seconds off the clock, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and with that pace, if you're not getting first downs, it, yes, it can be tough to get a momentum going with that pace. If you're not getting first downs. Yeah. Well, and, and that's not necessarily what you'll see. I think, I mean, Seattle, we don't know. We don't even know who the coaching staff is going to be. Again, this is a Seattle times article that I read. That's kind of indicates that they'll go more that direction. Um, obviously, Pete Carroll had a very sex- successful college career, but one of the things that they did really well was recruit all of the best players. <laughs> so that, you know, that, doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL. But if you if you can put Russell Wilson in an offense that's built and catered to him, it'll be interesting to see. And Daryl Bevel got a lot of criticism for, you know, obviously the play at the end of the Super Bowl that, that lost the what looked to be the second straight win, but he did also call the offense for the year that they won the Super Bowl. There and was, they had, yeah, there was times there where, where Daryl Bevel's name would come up as, you know, uh, as a possible candidate for various other jobs. And yep. he was a hot, hot offensive coordinator name there for a couple of years. But last year, I think was I, certainly the time where you're, you get ready to move on from that and they've made that decision. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if you can build something around that. But for me, I think it's, I think it's more about that offensive line, even more so than it is the quarterback. I'm very interested to see how it'll affect a guy like Jermaine Effetti, who was a early second round pick, I believe, has just never been able to get his feet under him in the NFL. And maybe that's just because he's a slouch and a terrible guy. But if you simplify the system for your offensive line, you wonder if it'll work in NFL because my thought has always been about college football is that if you if your advantage can take and expose the weakness in a, a defense or an offense uh, of your opposing team, you're going to have success. And that's why you don't see undefeated seasons in college football is because you're going to run into somebody that matches you up strength for strength, and then it's a coin toss game. Yeah. Even though when Oregon was on those great runs, their offense was too fast for 95% of the teams that they played. There was 5% that was like, Perfect. You guys are undersized. Our defense is fast and small. Yeah, we get crushed by Stanford because they're a, a you know a motorhome driving over our motorcycle. Right. But we're ready to roll with a team like Oregon. Arizona beat them a couple times. Or when you go uh, into the teeth of a team like Stanford, where the teams are such a big contrast, now you end up having these really difficult battles. So that's why I think Stanford and Arizona was able to beat Oregon for a couple different reasons. Yeah. But when you're in the NFL there really aren't any weaknesses. No. I mean, it's very difficult to expose that. So it'll be interesting. I'm rooting for Helfrich with his success. I, I, I really grew to like him more so last year than any other year. And I think it's brilliant for him to get a second chance. And I could not be more intrigued to see what Seattle does with their offense and if they're going to be scouring the offensive ranks for great minds. Sounds like Steve Sarkeesian is not an option coming from Atlanta, but will be uh, very cool to see what happens there. So something to keep your eye on in the future. But right now... We owe you some news. Here's Jeff. is the Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All righty. We've got one more game that I am freaking excited about uh, this weekend. And this is the one I'm most excited about. And if you told me... Oh, dang it. I was supposed to tell you guys that was my walk-up song. Play that again. Let's just start that again. Can we do that? It's It's called I'm a Terrible Person. It's gotta be. 
And I am a terrible person because I totally forgot about that. It's a song by Rooney. I actually used that as a walk-up song for a couple stand-up shows I did. It was fun. Yeah, anyways. Cares. Keep sending yours, 55305. Uh, that's our text line. Send your walk-up songs. But I need to get to this because our show's running out of time. This has actually been a fun show. Uh, Vikings. You don't have to sound so surprised. I told you that I was shocked by this. I thought it would be a total drag talking to you for even 30 minutes, let alone two hours. Yeah, I think the, I think the closest we've ever worked together is you filling in for, for Isaac or Suk over there while I, you know, punch buttons over on the TV side. Yeah, exactly. And I just get the back of your neck, which right. is not your best feature. And, so, you know, so there you go. But uh, all that being said... Saints at Vikings, easily the most exciting game of the weekend, or or am I wrong? Yeah, no, absolutely. That that to me is the only one that really holds some sort of intrigue. I mean, there's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of me that's, that that says what can Jacksonville's defense do with the Steelers, but yeah, no, like this game, I like I want to sit down and watch this game. Yeah, I'm just gonna get a, a plate of nachos. Like a 30-pack mm, of, of, of Coors Banquet beer and just sit there and just and take this one in. Uh, Drew Brees uh, had his, uh, statistically had his worst season, but this is the first time I can remember him having this great running game. Um, as, as long as Mark Ingram's been there, Alvin Kamara came in and he's been an absolute beast. The defense has improved. Keep in mind, this is a, a Saints team that lost their first two games out of the gate. And then just went on to win and win and win some more. Um, so I think this team, even even record-wise, anytime you take two losses and you can kind of knock those off of, of what the team has become, I think this is amazing. And I was looking at an interesting thing from 538 Sports saying that this is the best rookie draft class this century in the NFL and just running through the Saints only had seven players, but everybody is making at least some contribution to the team. And four of those seven players are uh, making a big impact. So they just went through and just kind of evaluated. But Kamara is certainly on the offense, the biggest one of those the guy seems to be untackleable at times. Yeah. He just he's so elusive. And between him and Kareem Hunt coming in and and being these big standout stars in the backfield this year, how do guys miss so often and not see these guys that are available in, in the draft? It, it shocks me. It's it well, you know, I mean, you've got there's so many college teams out there. You know, you've got your 120 some uh, uh, Division One, and and it to you have to try to gauge it on how they would do against better talent. Cause a lot of these guys are playing in the smaller leagues where, you know, it could have been somebody like you or me out there that are playing against. Uh, it's just, it's such an inexact science and it's not even just in football. I mean, look at basketball too. It's the same way. How many teams hit and miss with it with yeah. a second or third pick overall. Well, and, and it's funny too, cause you, you look at the saints and I've already mentioned this, but you know, you have five new teams in the playoffs and, and how, how difficult it is to figure out that breakthrough point for a team to me is totally shocking. Like if you told me that the the guy they needed to quarterback the Vikings to finally get them to a two seed, and this Viking team's for three or four years, we've been saying that they've got a defense that's good enough to take them. All they need is to, a quarterback. If they could just get a quarterback. So they have Teddy Bridgewater starting to show signs of it. Well, his leg falls off his body. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, let's go get Sam Bradford. And he shows signs, but of course he gets injured again. What? And 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 Case Keenum's the dude. Like what? Yeah. Like, are, 
<laughs> really? Yeah. So Case Keenum's got them to a point where now they look great. And now you look at a team where you're like, well, Drew Brees only has a little bit more time left. If you can get him more talent. Well, they get rid of Brandon Cooks. Right. And bring in Adrian Peterson. You're like, well, this can't be the recipe. Well, it does end up being kind of. It's it's the the running game, but it's not Adrian Peterson. They ship him off, and now you've got Alvin Kamara, who nobody would ever heard of. At least I hadn't. No, nope, no, and, no and he busts through and ends up being this guy that that really makes a big impact. And this entire rookie class, and now you've got a Saints team that's right there on the edge and is giving Drew Brees for the first time in a long time a team around him that can really do some damage. And I think last week for the Saints is as telling as anything because now you've got a team that their defense has been great. Their running game has been great. Well, their running game kind of got shut down a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. And now you have to go and you have to play a different style of football than you've played most of the season. Oh, guess what? We got Drew Brees. And he threw the team on his shoulders and just carried them. So I don't think that there's anything the Vikings can throw at them that is going to surprise them. If 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 they try to stop Drew Brees, the running game's been great. If you try to stop the running game, you have to stop Drew Brees. So for me, this is a perfect opportunity for a Saints team that we've been saying for years might be on their last legs with their star quarterback. And Sean Payton's been a good coach, but hasn't been able to get back to the heights of the, of the Super Bowl year that they had. Mm-hmm. But you've got two guys with experience and and this was one of those coach quarterback combinations that we thought was was going to be back to multiple Super Bowls. It's taken them longer, but I don't know why this Saints team can't uh, march their their way right to a Super Bowl. And I think that they would be a great representative of the NBC, a- NFC. And I think they'll be a ton of fun to watch. And it starts with the the win over the Panthers. Playing a team th- playing a team three times is really tough. Yes. And I think they did what they wanted to in stopping that running game. And now you've got to go in and take on another great defense. But I I just have a hard I want Case Keenum to surprise me. I just have a hard time getting on on his side. I it's it to me now look, I haven't been able to watch as much football this season as I would like uh with you know having a 5-year-old and a now 15-month-old, you know, Sundays can kind of get wiped out. Sure. Has there been a more anonymous team that got a a first round bye in the playoffs than the Minnesota Vikings? No, I mean it's 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 hard to think of one cuz the Eagles were getting so much attention. Now the the Eagles feel that way because they have Nick Foles at quarterback, right? right? Like not anonymous, but they they feel certainly underwhelming. Yeah. But this Vikings team, yeah, and it's 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 funny because I think it, it's exactly what I was saying, which is they were supposed to be here the last however many years, right? That everybody kept telling you how good this team was. And and the problem is early in the season you look at it and you go, all right, Bradford, you got Dalvin Cook. This guy's a freak. Well they're both done. Yeah. They're both out. <laughs> And then, and then you've got this kind of, you know, all this this running back by committee and you put in McKinnon and he's he's doing things and all the guys that have been asked to step up for the Vikings that are filling in for roles are playing really good. Mm-hmm. And Case Keenum is the the number one guy among them. But it it yeah, to me it's totally surprising and and you you just kind of go, "All right, well, there they are, but I still need him to prove it. Like, yeah. like I just, for me, I don't, I don't, I still don't buy it for some reason. I don't know. I guess it's a quarterback thing. Yeah. That's well, cause 
you grow up and, you know, all your Super Bowl teams that you think of as a kid, you can rattle off that quarterback super easy. You know, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw. Well, and again, I know I've gone through, but here are your quarterbacks playing this weekend. Yeah. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, and and Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. None of those four are playing against each other. Their opponents are Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Marcus Mariota, and Blake Blake Bortles. Bortles. Like you, like... If you if you like the last all, couple of seasons, Blake Bortles has almost been a curse word. It, it has been, and Blake Bortles Blake Bortles became very likable this week with his LeBron James quote. Yes, you know, which goes, <laughs> listen. If people think LeBron James sucks, people are always going to think I suck. Great quote. Exactly. He became a little bit more likable, but it's really hard to trust any of those four quarterbacks. Yes, and the fact that none of those four are playing against each other, none of the four that we believe in are playing against each other, it just it it sets up for a very very bizarre weekend, and I have a very difficult time looking at this list of games and telling you that you're not going to see Chuck take the better quarterback, and those are going to be winners. I'm right there with you. Are you? Because i I want to try to I want to try to tell you why one of those teams will win, but we'll do that next when we do crystal balls. This is the center and the saint on 1080 the fan. This is the Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right. Uh, Will's been pretty dang good at picking these uh, football games uh, and telling us what the future's going to be. So, Rust, uh, I'll there's make sure a lot to of, screw that right up. There's a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with the, what I, normally I don't do this. I'm going to start with the biggest game of the weekend mm-hmm. and kind of do it in backwards order. You've got the Kings at the Clippers today at 1230. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, wouldn't that be awful if we had to pick like the NBA schedule? Oh, uh, Nets at Wizards, 4 o'clock today. That's one of the things I always consider a degenerate gambler is somebody's like, oh, who do you got in the old Clippers-Warriors match tonight? Point uh, spreads 12 and a half. Just really? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just kill me. Like, like I, I know that people say they bet on sports so they can make it more interesting. I don't think there's anything that would make game 42 of the Clippers season yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Well, who do you like in Bucks Pacers? Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Antikatumpo or Oladipo? <laughs> Barf. Barf. Uh, we'll start in chronological order, uh, which actually sets up nicely because it puts my favorite game last. But we'll start in the NFC side of things. You have the Falcons, the defending champs from the NFC, taking on the number one seed for the Eagle in the Eagles. And again, for the first time, a sixth seed is favored over a one seed. Atlanta has a uh, two and a half point advantage from our friends in Vegas. One twenty-five kickoff on NBC. Who you got? Uh this seems pretty easy for me. It's 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 Atlanta. I mean, I think you know, I kind of ruined the tease beforehand, but I I have a hard time seeing why, you know. I, I got to go chalk with the quarterbacks here. I just don't think that the Eagles have it without Carson Wentz. It, to to me, this one will be interesting because I think a lot of people still consider Atlanta a mirage. It's it. We went over this last week a little bit. There is it, the last time a Super Bowl loser went back to the Super Bowl 
was the Buffalo Bills. Well, and I think it's I think it goes beyond just losing the Super Bowl, but it's the way they lost it, uh-huh. and it's just hard to take them seriously as a contender after something like that. Yeah, but I, again, you get you say you said it there though. You get a favorable matchup. You lose your quarterback. I think this game will be closer than people think. Uh, I think a lot of people that are on on the way you're thinking is it's Atlanta's to lose, and I don't I don't necessarily see it that way. I just see coming down the stretch. If you have Matt Ryan with the ball and you have Nick Foles with the ball in the last two minutes, I trust Matt Ryan and and what that offense has been able to do. And mm-hmm. having been there, I think this is a, a Falcons team that uh, that can do some real damage. And and it should be a fun one to watch. But I'll take the Falcons as well. Uh, 5.15 p.m. on uh, what is this on CBS? 13 and a half points in a playoff. I'd have to go back and look to see the last time you had uh, yeah. this big. It's almost two touchdowns right. for the Patriots hosting the Titans. I, I assume you're going that way, but do you trust that many points? Uh, I, I I don't think it'll be that close. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, look, we, 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 you, you give the hoodie a, a, an extra week to, to prepare, and obviously he doesn't, you know, it's not an extra week to prepare for the Titans, but... I just have a hard time. They're they're going to throw everything they can. I think at, at Marcus Mariota, and it, it there's no reason to believe this. To me, is 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 the 16 year old big brother <laughs> facing off against like his seven year old little brother, right? And the basically just going to sit on his ch- on their chest right. of the Titans. He's just going to poke hold, their forehead. Exactly. Just, does that hurt? Stop it, hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> So, so you're saying thir- midway through the third quarter, the Patriots grab Marcus Mariota's arm and start hitting him in the face with it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> All I right, mean, I can kind it, of see that. I happening. think this will be a 14 point game at halftime. Uh, I, you're probably you're probably right, man. I want to root for. He, I I just the Patriots and the Steelers. I want to root yeah. against them oh, so yeah. badly. Well, and just and here's two the words. only the only thing that gives me any hope in this game is that the Titans are playing with house money. They're not supposed to be there. They can go out and give it their all, but I feel like when that happens, that means you take chances you wouldn't normally take, which I feel like an opportunistic team like the Patriots, it means either you have you have turnovers or you have uh, three and outs, and I just feel like Brady's going to hold the ball all day. Yeah. Brady Brady can throw the ball, you know, on five-yard crossing routes all day because of an extension of the running games. James White is their third back, but again, he's a guy that's made impact in playoff games before. Mm-hmm. They're going for their seventh straight AFC yeah. championship. And I just, I'm sorry, I have zero confidence in Mike Malarkey. I know, right? He was <laughs> he was one of those guys that was going to be fired. He yeah. could still be fired. Right. I mean, depending he on what... He should still be fired. And you're probably right. I think I think this has blowout written all, all over yes. it. Uh, I, as much as I want to take the Titans, I just can't do it. Just so, can't. with that in mind, we move to tomorrow. Hopefully, there's a little more intriguing this for you. But the 10 o'clock game is Jaguars at Steelers. <sighs> Pittsburgh favored by seven. I, you know... Yeah. I mean, I, I still got to go chalk here with the I, 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 I see no way in which the Jaguars you know can come and spine, the Rust. Pick the Jaguars. Tell me why they're going to win. I can't because they're not going to, <laughs> which of course now means that they will. Well, I like but, that. <laughs> there's just two words. Blake Bortles, the guy, he was, he was, he's been a whipping boy for the last couple of seasons because he's been so bad. Yeah. And then, you know, granted they have a defense now that, and let's just... The Jaguars are in the playoffs because of their defense, not because of Blake Bortles. Yeah. Here's what happened last week. They they got a lucky draw play in the Bills, who are not a very good football team. They scored yeah. 10 points. He had one good throw and it was a touchdown. Blake Bortles missed 
on more screen passes than I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the halftime montage of how awful he was in the first half, you just, you can't win football games that way. And I just, he, he played well at the beginning of December and we looked at it and went, hey, this, this guy might be turning a corner. Again, I want him to surprise me so bad. I just don't see a way where if they have any sort of deficit in this game, which I expect they will, they're going to have to come out and run the ball, and Leonard Fournette's going to have to go crazy in this game for them to win, but that's the only guy you have to stop. If the defensive game plan for the Steelers isn't stop the running game, make Blake Bortles beat you, they deserve to lose. But that will be the game plan, and they're going to win this one. And this one, this one I think is going to be a big margin as well. I just... Even if they, even if one of those two quarterbacks in the AFC were to win, you can't see them beating Brady and Roethlisberger in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, no. It just, in whatever order it is, I can't imagine that happening. I root for the underdogs in the AFC, but I just, nothing, nothing in my mind tells me they can win. And so now to the only game that I think holds much intrigue in this, and I will, uh, I will throw it to you first: Saints at Vikings. The Vikings potentially three home victories away from a Super Bowl championship. I, I, I'm so, I can't buy Case Keenum in an NFC Championship game. Minnesota's favored by five in this too. Yeah, I, I'm still going with Drew Brees and the Saints. I just, I, I can't. Like I said, is there, is there a more anonymous team in the playoffs over the last handful of years? But you know what it, kind of scares me about that is how anonymous they are. Right. You know what I mean? You know the team is good and you can name zero players. Yep. Except for Case Keenum, who you do, you do with like a upward inflection. Case Keenum. Right. Like the exactly. only guy you can name on the team, you go, Meh. right? All right. I'm taking the Saints, too. Uh, everything's going chalk. You know we're wrong on at least two of those, so it should be a great weekend. Everybody have a good one. Uh, Will's back next week. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much for filling in his shoes. Good to Everybody be here. Everybody have a great weekend. You're listening to The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.